0: You are listening to the Canadian Immigration Podcast, episode 115. The Canadian immigration process can be complex and frustrating. With the Canadian Immigration Department making it virtually impossible to speak to an officer, there are a few places to turn to for trusted information. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest on immigration law, policy and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthie, as he is joined by industry leaders across Canada, sharing insight to help you along your way. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Canadian Immigration Podcast. This one is a special episode. Um, this is the audio of a video that you can watch on the Canadian Immigration Institute YouTube channel. And I had a very special guest in this episode, Brady Schnell, who is the Economic Development Officer with the RNIP program in Claresholm. So Claresholm is one of the only communities in Alberta. It is the only community in Alberta that is participating in the Rural Northern Immigration Pilot. And Brady was kind enough to come on and pull the curtains back with me and talk about the program, the, the wonderful benefits that it has been for the community of Claresome as well as some of the challenges that uh, are definitely a reality for any community who's participating in similar programs. Um, yeah, Brady really knocked it out of the park and I know you're gonna like this. So, without further ado, Here's the episode with Brady. All right, here we go. Welcome everybody to a very special uh, Canadian Immigration Institute offering. This is all about the Rural and Northern Immigration Program. And now I'm going to turn off my YouTube that I also have going in the background here. So yes, welcome. We are going to wait a couple minutes for people to, to chime in and join in. But wherever you're watching, whether it is on the uh, the Canadian Immigration Institute YouTube channel or LinkedIn or Facebook, wherever, uh, I'm really, really happy to have a special guest here, Brady Schnell, who's the Economic Development Officer in home with the Rural and Northern Immigration Pilot. How are you doing, Brady?
1: I'm good, Mark. I'm really good. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know we've been trying to do this for a long time. I'm really yeah, About glad three
0: to- years or something, right? <laughs>
1: We made it happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy to be here.
0: Thank you. Excellent. So like I said, it usually takes a a few minutes for people to to kind of chime in and this will obviously be available as a recording after, but we are going to open up some time for Q and A's. So those of you are wondering what is the rural and Northern immigration pilot? We'll cover that. And then the questions that we're going to field today are going to be ones that are targeted kind of directly to that. So for those of you who are not aware, Claire's Home is located in Alberta, and it is the only community that is currently um, a designated community for the Rural and Northern Immigration Pilot Program um, that Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada has across the country. So Brady, how many total, do you know how many communities are involved right now in the RNIP across the country?
1: Yeah. So, so this pilot project was for Western Canada. So it includes uh, communities from Ontario and West. And there's 11 it. of them in total. Uh, as you said, yeah, Claerson, we're the only community in Alberta. Um, there's, a, there's a small cohort in British Columbia, uh, some in Saskatchewan, and then a few more out in towards Manitoba and Ontario.
0: And it makes sense, right? Atlantic Canada has their own gig already. The Atlantic Immigration Program, which is not a pilot anymore, thanks to our minister, who every once in a while does poke his head in, high minister, who made sure that the Atlantic Immigration Program is no longer a pilot, but a real program. So they've got there. So what about us, right? So this right. is our opportunity. Yeah, and the
1: way I understood it is uh, the our, the Rural Northern Immigration Pilot, or we call it the RNIP or RNIP, you might hear me say RNIP, uh, is sort of a reiteration or building on the Atlantic Immigration Pilot. And they took a little bit of the obligation off of employers and they put a little more on the community to see how the how the chambers of commerce, how the government and how the community would, would be able to handle this so i'm really excited honored to be a part of that such a big program
0: so why don't why don't you give us a little bit of background on how home, you know which is just up the road from me some of my you know one of my best friends farms just out outside of home, and uh it's been quite a um uh, quite a story i think for our province and uh, the initiative that you guys showed to to get involved with this
1: yeah i mean the story starts all the way back in 2018 i would have to say um, I was a new guy on the block. I was just starting my role here in Claire's home and, and they sent me out to meet with the business owners and I went door to door that summer. I met about with about 50 different employers, uh, all sorts of industries. And uh, the, the alarming theme, the common theme that emerged is they're having such a hard time finding and retaining workers. You know, It didn't matter if it was a national franchise restaurant, a locally owned restaurant trucking, healthcare, food production, the stories were scarily similar, Um, you know, really struggling to maintain labor standards and even certainly to expand, right? Some of these businesses really are looking to grow and they can't do that without good people. Uh, So I had had a little bit of data and uh, it was actually some owners of a local franchise restaurant who came to me and said, look at this federal program. I think this could help us. And, uh, of course the nature of government that we had four days to come up with our application for the rural. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We had, I had four very long dedicated days. Um, but with the survey and, and with that relationship, I was able to get five letters of support from business, five letters of support from community organizations and, uh, and and really tell a compelling argument why Claire's home deserved to be a, a part of this pilot.
0: Yeah, oh, four days. I didn't realize that you guys had such little time to put it together and get it submitted. So that's, that's yeah, a it, testament of a community coming together. It was
1: wild. Um, and this is a you know, might be a good time right, to explain Claire's home. Uh, we're just one hour South of Calgary and we're one hour Northwest of Lethbridge. And uh, the story I told you know is that these major centers, although they benefit us in some ways, they can have a polarizing effect on the community and they they draw people and services away from Claire's home. Um, we have a lot of workers who have one foot in Claire's home and one foot in in Lethbridge or one in Calgary because you know maybe their spouse is working in another city or maybe their kid is going to school somewhere. so uh, Claire's home we, we really wanted to put, a lot of effort into building our community, inviting new people and, and filling those jobs.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So what did, you know, so the, the first days as you see, so you submitted your application, not knowing whether or not you were actually going to get, you know, but you know, get selected you never know. And, yeah. and that's just, okay, here's our plan of what we want to do, but then you get selected, right? And then you're like, Oh my goodness, this is real okay we yeah. got to put a whole bunch of things together to, to make this happen and uh, so obviously yeah. you, you, you took the lead on that and, and how did that play out
1: Yeah it was you know I think there was almost six months from the time we applied to when we were found out we had been accepted and and I have to admit I, I had to ask myself what did I put in that application what did I say that we could do and uh, revisit but uh, the most notable, When the federal government announced the participating communities, our telephones, emails, and walk-ins, in-person walk-ins, went through the roof. Uh, I got to say, for our small community of just 4,000 people, our little government office was overwhelmed. What is going on? What did you do, Brady? Um, and, And so we had to quickly develop sort of a... A set of questions, you know, a flowchart, if you will, uh, because we're getting calls from overseas, we're getting calls from temporary workers, uh, international students, um, just locals who have family members that want them to come join them in Claire's home and so such an and employers right interested in how do I participate so such an array of interest. um, And and we weren't ready for it. Uh, Absolutely overnight, my email inbox was flooded. I think in that first summer, uh, naively perhaps, I tracked 800 calls with immigrants uh, tracking where they're from, what their work experience was, and, and why they, where they found out about Claire's home uh, before I finally gave up. Um, yeah, so the interest was, was, was immense, enormous, and, but it was nice to be a part of that network of, of the 11 other communities and find out that they were going through the same thing. You know, they were having the similar responses and, and, um, uh, and experiences, so that, that helped a lot. You
0: yeah. Yeah. know, as, uh, from the perspective of an immigration lawyer, um, anytime the government announces a new program, in particular a permanent residence program, that isn't necessarily tied to human capital, in other words, how educated you are, your language ability, your work history, you know, as competitive as Express Entry is, any new program that they develop, that um, you know that is more targeted to other factors. People are going to be all over it, and so you know this was a huge concern for me because all over the world and every overseas agent in the world was telling people, "Look at the rural northern immigration program. It's this new amazing thing, and all you have to do is go and live in these smaller communities, but it's your ticket to Canada. Give me the money, and I'll get your application filed." Right. So there was all kinds of misinformation, yeah. but in reality. Brady, tell us what it is like. Really, what the RNIP is? Well, I the term I
1: like to use is it's a drip system, Mark. It you know we haven't opened the floodgates. We we we're not turning into a major city overnight. Uh, I look at this program as a very well thought out and careful drip system that is feeding the community one person, one family at a time. Uh, in the last. 40 months, just over three years of using the program, Claire's Home has recommended 54 individuals for full-time working in the community. And that equates to just under 150 people when you include their, their family, their spouse, and their children. Um, so if, when you think about that, we're, we're averaging one to two, somewhere between one and two recommendations per month. Uh, and when you have a portal, that has thirty-five thousand interested candidates. It can be challenging. I'm approached still to this day, all the time, by every means: social media, email, telephone, in person. Um, can you find me a job? Can you get me that recommendation? And I, and you know, I'd love to help everybody, but the truth is, Claire's Home has capacity limits, and we have capacity limits, and and our and and the job has to be there. Right? We, we aren't creating jobs for newcomers, but we certainly are filling existing positions and, and we're so happy to, to have that opportunity. Uh, but I, I think you're right, you, you, it's important that people out there realize you know, that, that it is a challenge to get a recommendation uh, and, that, and that nobody can really promise you that recommendation until you have an offer of employment.
0: Yep. Yeah. And that's a good point too, because I remember um, you know, we're in a world right now where there are thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of post-grad work permit, open work permit holders looking for any pathway they can to permanent residence. Our federal government and uh, this uh, kind individual right here has not done any Canadian experience class draws through Express Entry for a very, very long time. And when you have all of these candidates who are looking for pathways to permanent residence, well, they will do whatever they need to do. And um, and I know that one, you know, these communities who are involved in the RNIP, um, you know, they're seeing an influx of people who are coming to work in those communities on open work permits in hopes that they can get through the program and, and receive that community um, that community selection. But at yeah. the end of the day, um, uh, th- like you said, it, it's jobs have to be there. And it's not something where you can just, okay, submit an application passively to, you know, to to Claire's home and uh, and then they'll just magically, you know, extend a community designation to you and and then you're in the position to to immigrate. It doesn't work that way. It's really employer driven, employer specific. And why did they create it? Well, they created it because a lot of the rural communities were seeing people leave and it was reaching the stage where businesses were going to have to close you know you'd have a a family business and the kids decided hey you know what i i want to go to the big city and 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 mom and dad who ran the business reached a stage where what do we do do we do we fold up shop or or how do we sustain this how do we we um invigorate you know at least the communities thinking to themselves how in the world do we do we keep these businesses we don't want to lose these services which then will result in even further exodus so there's been a lot of really cool things. So, Brady, tell us how the RNIP has helped and benefited Claremont itself. Like, what are the positives that you guys have seen? And talk about yeah. anything. It's super broad. I know it's there's benefits all over the map, but uh, yeah. Why don't well, you share well, some I'll insight?
1: Start with some of the employer challenges. The most, you know, some of the most tangible problems. But um, you know, we had one of the only Tim Hortons in southern Alberta that could not stay open 24 seven. Uh, Claire's located right on highway 2, you know, the, the heartline of, of Alberta. We have 11,000 travelers coming through Claire's home on that highway every day on average. And, you know, when it's after nine o'clock and you need a coffee or you need a sandwich, you need Tim Hortons and Claire's Tim Hortons. We were, he was struggling. And so, it, it, you know, and, and it might seem small, but could you imagine how many people were like, are you kidding me? You know, how is this place not open? Uh, but it's more than just coffee. We have a, a food production facility uh, that makes marinades and, and vegetables for every major grocery store in Canada. They actually do all the nacho chips for every Cineplex Odeon Theatre in Canada. And they too, they wanted to run an evening shift. They wanted to run a night shift. This Their facility was operating well under capacity. And the only barrier was not was not product. It wasn't customers. It, it was workers. We don't have enough workers to expand. Uh, they actually said to me, you know, we feel like 15 years ago we were kind of lied to because we, <laughs> we, we were told the labor is here and, and, and it hasn't been the case. Um, other industries, uh, you know, healthcare and teaching, um, truck driving, uh, manufacturing and farming, they all they all struggle a little bit. Um, and each each of those professions come with a unique set of challenges um, but but that's the one we, we've actually seen employers build capacity um, offer new services and and some of our owners who are tired you know running their own business not able to find help they're so tired and now they're bringing in experienced qualified and am- ambitious workers who who not only work for them but but start to take over some of those responsibilities so I've seen some really good wins that way, um, but I, I've got to admit, you know, our program started February, 2020, just one month before COVID. Uh, so right out of the gate, um, we were hit with challenges. We have, we have restaurants who who had candidates picked out, ready to go. Uh, and then the restaurants can't are closed, right out dine out only. Um, We had the hotel quarantine, we had, you know, quarantine in general, not, you know, where employers were actually expected to pay wages for people who were in quarantine. You might, you maybe never have met this person yet. And um, so there were some challenges that way, but more, more to the success. I think we've really built some, some additional culture in the community. We, uh, we've established a welcoming Claire's Home Committee that serves as an immigration advisory board. Um, it's a group of volunteers who are just trying to make Claresome the most welcome, inclusive and diverse community that we can, where people feel as included and as welcome as they want to be. Uh, and this committee is now three years old and, and I'm excited because just in the last six months or so, uh, we have our first volunteer chairperson, Connie, and she's from Belgium. And she's a mother and 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 a wife and a small business owner and she now is our volunteer chairperson for the welcoming Claremont committee. So so that's an initiative that I'm just so excited to see um, because again the, the the other purpose not just to fill jobs but to retain people in the community and to provide that community hug uh, and a sense of belonging. That's that's what you're going to get in Claremont uh, and you might not find that in places like. Vancouver or Toronto or Montreal um we've got we're a small town with a very big heart
0: absolutely community and I I know Brady I've had the privilege of being out there and and uh you know sharing presentations on various topics and things like that and it's so neat to see what the program has done for the community let's face it like Claire I didn't I grew up just you know whatever, 40 kilometers or whatever from, from Claresome myself on, on a farm. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I've got as a backdrop, you can see the round bales and stuff here in the back backdrop of our video here with the mountains and everything. But this is, you know, this is the world, like it's, it's, um, yeah. you know, traditional agricultural community. It's got, you know, transport, other things, obviously industries within Claresome, but, but these are individuals that are not used to seeing people from all over the world. You know, the, the concepts of, of multiculturalism and, and, uh, and those, um, you know, uh, people that come from different walks of life—you just didn't see that very often. And it was—it's yeah. so cool to see just how appreciative the community is of the people that come in, and the people that are actually selected and are able to, you know, realize their dream of becoming a permanent resident. Um, to see all of that come together—it's just amazing. And I understand yeah. you've got a, another event coming up here, you know, to celebrate that through Canada. Uh, our Canada day celebrations. Is that,
1: yeah. So, uh, and I guess it was 2020, our welcoming team, uh, came up with a unique idea. Uh, and it was an event where people in the community could volunteer at a, and to celebrate their heritage and culture, um, as a group. And what we call this event is spread the world. And what it is, is, you know, y- Essentially, as I said, it, it's a series of tables and experiences that represent your nationality or your heritage. And this, this event was born during COVID, which was very challenging. So our first iteration was actually drive-through. Uh, we, had, we had all of our nations represented along the, uh, the boulevard of, of our local park, and participants could pull up. Uh, have their passports stamped, learn a little bit about culture and community, and, and then be entered to win a door prize. Um, three years later, we now we now host Spread the World in conjunction with Canada Day every year. And last year we had twelve nations represented. Um, we had a hundred over a hundred and thirty people submit their full, complete passports to for to enter a prize. But we hundreds more experienced the event. Um, our partners from Calgary were down and, and just thrilled by what they saw and said they have never seen, you know, such a great display of diversity and community um, in any of their nine uh, small towns that, that they happen to operate in. So that was, that was awesome. Um, I really encourage anyone who can to consider coming to Claire's home for this Canada day, July 1st, um, everything kicks off at 11 and you can experience, you know, our, our flag raising our culture, um, and, and as well, spread the world. Um, we really, we really push that. I think this year we even have, um, a Caribbean drum band, uh, coming this year. Yeah. Last year we had indigenous performers and this year yeah. we went, uh, we we're going Caribbean with some of the entertainment. So it's, it's going nice. to be a great time.
0: Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's what it's yeah, all about. Very right. Very cool. Yeah. So one of the things I know people are, are wondering is, okay, let's talk about the program itself. So can you give us a little bit of a, uh, a snapshot as to the kinds of you know, positions that have you know, jobs and employers and industry within the community yeah. that has participated and, and the kinds of candidates and their backgrounds that, that you have uh, selected and, and have been able to go through the RNIP and become some of those those precious uh, permanent residents in your community. Can you give us a little bit of an overview, a little snapshot, just so people can get an idea of the kinds of, of people that are being uh, selected for the program?
2: Right. Yeah, and
1: and it's. I want to note really quick that each community within this RNIP program has a little bit different approach, right? There's communities in Manitoba who've selected major employers, the pulp mill, and, and they're using the program to imp- to fill work in the pulp mill, and that's all. Um, some communities have restricted it by wage. You know, no, no minimum wage jobs through this program. Claremont's taken a different approach. Uh, being on the highway, being a service center uh, for travelers, we have food services has been the number one, highest participating employer and candidate. So we're seeing uh, food service supervisors, um, dishwashers. Front of house, um, we've we've had a couple of chefs, uh, and as well as the retail side, so gas station convenience retail sales, retail sales supervisors, um, even retail managers. We've we've filled all those positions, and you know one of the challenges with some of those jobs is the match between your work experience and your job offer. Um, I know like so many of our candidates are so well educated. You know, it's it's amazing how educated uh, our foreign nationals really are, but what it comes down to is your work experience in the last three years needs to be in line with that job offer. Um, and there's been a real change as of November uh, 2022 with the NOC skill skill codes. So it's important people are looking at the tier system. And I, I imagine you've mentioned this before, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but your tier, your 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 job experience has a tier level and it needs to match the the, the rules of the immigration pilot. And so that's, that's a really important piece. Um, other industries, as I mentioned, food production. So machine worker, floor workers, floor supervisors. Um, we've recently had a couple, we've had a position in banking. Um, we've had a wealth manager come for our local credit union. We're very happy with that we've recommended a registered nurse from Germany who completed all her education in Canada. So she was an international graduate, but now has a permanent uh, registered nurse position. Um, We've had some truck drivers, not, not a lot. And um, what's another, Uh, um, the other mechanics actually, we we filled some positions with mechanics in, in clareholm it's very diverse so yes within those within those 54 recommendations that we provided there are 26 different employers so what's unique here in clareholm is we don't have an a you know a, a company that needs 10 20 30 workers we have 10 20 30 companies that need one or two workers yes and exactly. and so it's be, you know it's small steps for clareholm we You need, we need to get the employer understanding, confident and on board. And then the employer needs to have the time to, to shortlist these resumes. As I said, like the announcement of the program, I'm not the only one receiving emails and calls. Most employers in Clairso are overwhelmed with the number of international applications that they receive. And I would say over half, 60, 70% of those businesses in Clairso, they don't know what to do with it. So you might be out there, you know, wondering why is nobody giving me an interview? Why is nobody answering my resume? Well, it might be because they're simply overwhelmed with the number of resumes that they're receiving. And it might be because they don't know how the immigration program works. So I'm jumping over a little bit. But I think a key piece of advice that I want to get out there today is that it's as a candidate, as an immigrant looking to come for, find employment in Claire's home, it's your obligation to know if you meet the requirements of the rural Northern immigration pilot, the education, the language, the settlement funds and the work experience, right? There's four, four key areas you need to have met those. But if you do, that should be front and center on the top of your CV, right? Your resume, your cover letter, needs to identify that I meet the requirements of the Rural Northern Immigration Program, I intend to live and work in home. I would have that bold, you know, at the very top, because it's, it might just make the difference and it might catch that employer's eye, that this person's serious. Um, The other thing, of course, follow up with telephone and email. Um, You're, you're trying to stand out in a crowd of thousands of people. And so don't be discouraged. I just want everyone to realize that that resume is your ticket that resume is your ticket to finding your way so it needs to be in a canadian format needs to be easy to read maximum two pages right and and you need to identify if you meet the program requirements here in my office and here in the town we don't have the capacity to help everybody with a match make i don't have the time to work with individuals to find them individual employment so we're taking a new approach where we're trying to educate you empower you by focusing on that resume and focusing on your qualifications with the arnett program does that does that make
0: sense mark it does it does we had a question i'm just gonna flip over here just give me one second as i'm moving things around a little bit um sammy he he said what are the requirements for applications and and i think the most important thing that you're Helping you know, drilling into people is that look. You guys need to you need to do your homework, and so if we share the yeah. screen here, the government has all the requirements. We're not going to go through them today because at the end of the day, people can go to the website and they can read them. But it talks about the pilot, it talks about the requirements, and there's a little wizard here that you can go through and get a assessment, um, you know, as to whether or not you're eligible. And they have sections that talk about uh, the program generally. So I'd encourage you to slide over there and uh, and you know you can you can figure out what your obligations are as an individual to meet the bare minimum requirements to enter into the program. But yep. generally speaking, Brady, it's it's an employer driven process, right? It's the need and ability to demonstrate that you can fill, you know, an area where there's a labor shortage in that community. And you know in Canada like many countries, you know people if there's a way for an individual to you know, to to have some kind of a face to face interaction or to build some kind of a relationship with an employer, you know, you're going to have a leg up on individuals who are just parachuting resumes in from Shandigar. and uh, and so one of the questions I wanted to ask, and then I'll turn it back to you to to take it from there. But what percentage of your your um, the the candidates that you select are already working and living in Clarisome versus individuals that um, have received the job offer before they've come to Canada from an employer in Clairisome. Do you have a kind it, of a breakdown, just kind of average Yeah, it, it's about
1: 50-50, to be honest. It, it's about 50-50. And um, it goes back to what you said. How do you how do you grab the attention of a, an employer? Well, it does help if you're in town. Um, so when the program was announced, a lot of international graduates um, or visitors who may have been in the country, uh, they came to Clairisome immediately. Uh, started looking for work, started asking questions. In fact, it took me by surprise. The the training really led me to believe that, you know, most candidates would be invited from abroad and we would have that opportunity to welcome them. Um, But within weeks, I had people at my desk saying, how do I get my permanent residency? And and I said, oh, you know, where are you from? What's your status? Um, The first step is getting a job. And I'll never forget my friend Akash said, I already have two jobs. And I said, how long have you been in Claire's home? He said, I've been here for two days. And and he had two jobs already. And and he was he was ahead of the game, right? He was ahead of me. He was ahead of the employers. But he was it was a difference because he had an open work permit as an international graduate. Now, I want to be clear Claire's home doesn't give preference to those in the country or outside the country. Um, In fact, to the contrary. We love welcoming people from abroad. We want Claire's home to be a special experience for you and and we want that small town to to feel like home. Uh, so although a lot of um, a lot of candidates who are in the country uh, did receive recommendations, they happen to be the most common to leave Claire's home as well. and, and that's been a something I watch very closely is are we retaining yes. the people that we've invited and and if you want to if you break it into those two categories certainly those who are already in the country tend to uh, migrate out of clare's home much faster so as we continue this program and look forward again we don't we don't draw preference uh, or bias on anyone but we do recognize that when clare's home is your first experience there's a sense of of loyalty there's a sense of pride and uh, and commitment you know, that that maybe we don't see with every other candidate.
0: That's yeah. great insight. That's absolutely fantastic insight because the moment RNIP, that program was announced, the instant thought I had is, well, one, all these communities are instantly going to have all of their jobs filled, like with temporary workers, because every every open work permit holder who cannot find a job or or doesn't have a pathway in the province or where they live um, are going to move to these communities to look for opportunities in one way or another to take up jobs in hopes that they'll get selected. But you are 100% correct. You take the, the provincial nominee programs across the country. You know, they really, really um, uh, resist individuals who studied and worked in other provinces. They resist extending nominations to them when they've parachuted in for a couple months and then want to apply for permanent residence. They know based on experience, that more often than not, they are going to, you know, look to go back to, you know, wherever they came from, and and you know, and so I just naturally assumed that the vast majority of people that were extended these community support uh, for the program were individuals who were already living and working there, which you know for sure is a part of it. But you're yeah. so right, you know, a candidate that comes over from another country and Clarisome is their experience, and they, they that's who they know, that's the people they know. They become a part of the community, and that loyalty is just, that makes perfect sense to me. So that's really, really helpful insight.
1: And and that's, you know, it gets to the real, the basis, the heart of the program. Um, for those who might not know, the Rural Northern Immigration Program does not require an L a labor market impact assessment. There's no LMIA required for employers in the RNIP program. And the reason for that is because you have to get a community recommendation. So, You meet the requirements of the program and you get that interview and you get that job offer, you're halfway there, right? You're in a really good spot. You're halfway there. You've got an offer of employment in Clare's Home or one of the other communities, but what you need is the community recommendation. And we evaluate candidates and businesses on the fit for the job. Does it make sense? Do you have a genuine intention to live in Clare's Home? And do you have any connection to Claire's home? Now, a connection, it might be family or friends, that's great, but it might be a rural lifestyle. We ask questions Have you ever lived in a small town? How far was that small town from a major center? Um, we recognize a small town in other countries might not be the same as small town in right? <laughs> yeah, we get a lot of guys like, you know, it was 100,000 people, but you don't understand that's a small town in in Pakistan, right? That's a small (laughs) town. Um, And so we recognize that. We we look at, do you have a driver's license? Does your spouse um, have skills or language abilities that are going to help them be successful in Claire's home? Um, And so not only do you need that offer of employment, you need that endorsement from the community that we believe you have a genuine interest in Claire's home. And that you understand the job you're coming to do and you look forward to doing that. Yeah, it's very important.
0: Now, obviously, you've talked and hinted about the welcoming that that new new uh, immigrants receive. And uh, maybe you could talk just a little bit more about what someone can experience when they are, you know, when they go through the process and they're they're touching down in, in Clarissome for the first time. You've indicated over half are kind of, New, newly parachuted into Canada. So what kind of an experience do they have when they come?
1: Uh, you know, it can it really can vary uh, depending on where you're coming from a little bit. Um, how do I put this? One one thing we do, we we require that, that your employer um, make sure that you have a welcome at the airport and transportation to the community, you know, maybe you're going to take care of that on your own. But one thing that I do and that our employers do is make sure that you do have a solution for how you're going to travel, you know, the the 1.5 hours from Calgary International Airport down to Clare's home. The other thing we help with before you ever arrive is housing. Do yeah, you have? I was going to ask live? about that. Yeah. Do you have somewhere somewhere to live, um, at, at least temporarily, if not long term? That's certainly becoming a challenge. It's it's a it's a double-edged sword. Claire's Home, you know, our housing sales are through the roof. Our rental market is very tight. We've, we've grown, we've welcomed a lot of people. Um, so right now finding housing is, is difficult, but that's something that we help you with. Um, we also work closely with Willow Creek Immigrant Services. So we have a dedicated immigrant office right down on Main Street, Claire's Home, very accessible, where our lovely Roanne and Marie, uh, people like Rick and Lisa, they're there to help um, their job is to help you settle a, a, in the a, at the pace that you're comfortable with you know I think earlier on we got excited oh we're gonna get them on the committee and we're gonna go out show up at their house with gifts and we're gonna we're gonna bring them over to the Chamber of Commerce. we're gonna <laughs> but, but we've, we've recognized that you know it, it's a lot you know and and some of the basics folks need to uh, get those basics first like Where's your kid going to go to school? Where can I get groceries? Where can I get furniture for my house? How do I get a driver's license or a vehicle? Um, questions like that, and and so that's what not only Willow Creek Immigrant Services is for, but we actually developed a, we developed a publication. Oh, yeah. If uh, you guys see this, this yep. is our welcoming Claremore magazine. So that's our historic Milnes Block downtown Claremore. And, and this publication, it's, it's available online and in print, um, but it's, it's completely made from the immigrant perspective. What do you need to know to help settle? Who do you need to talk to to help get connected? And, and this was something that that came from the welcoming Claresome committee, identifying that, you know, the needs of a Canadian moving within the country. You know, if, if, if you're from Calgary and you're born in Canada and you're coming to Claresholm, you don't have the same questions. You don't have the same needs as someone who's come from abroad. Uh, and so that's what this publication is for. And that's what Willow Creek Immigrant Services is for. Now, of course, once you're settled, we're happy to get you involved with the welcoming Claresholm committee, with our town volunteer team, um, any number we have, oh, gosh, we have We have softball and volleyball and a basketball league. We have the golf course, the swimming pool, the dog park, the disc golf. There there's a lot of ways to get involved in the community. One thing I've really enjoyed is, is we're getting more volunteers out at, at events and, and they're immigrants, they're newcomers. And not only it's, it's just so nice to have the help, (laughs) but it also is giving our community a sense. Of what this means, right? So, yes. lifelong residents of Clare's Home are witnessing, as all these v- visible minority immigrants dedicate their very little spare time, you know, uh, to, to, to giving back to the community. So, yeah. I hope that gives a bit of an image. Uh, oh, yeah. The other thing, you know, I'm going to pump Clare's Home's tires. I'm going to talk Clare's Home <laughs> a bit. Living in Clare's Home isn't just about what's in Claire's Home. We are in the heart of Southern Alberta, and I like to say, living in Claire's home, you get to experience everything that Southern Alberta has to offer. We are an hour and a half from Waterton Glacier National Park. We're two hours to Banff National Park. You're an hour into the city of Calgary for some nightlife or less 45 minutes almost to Lethbridge for some shopping or some different type of cuisine. So I really enjoy the fact that I have affordable living in Claire's home small town feel. I get to work in three minutes. I ride my bike. I am at work in three minutes, but I can still go out on the weekends or the evenings and enjoy everything that's around me. So I think that's one of the biggest selling features for Clairsohn. That
0: is awesome. Journey Business Plans is the leading immigration business plan writing service provider in Canada. With more than 10 years of experience, Journey has grown to become a trusted partner for immigration consultants and lawyers. Journey focuses on preparing business plans for a number of immigration applications, including intercompany transfers, startup visas, significant benefits, self-employed, PNPs, and so much more. Their main competitive advantages are reliability, responsiveness, and overall customer service, and I can attest to that. For those of you who don't yet know about Journey, ask your colleagues about them. They're amazing, or even better, try out their work. You can visit their website at www.journey.ca and mention you listened to my podcast with the code Journey 10 That's H O L T H E J O O R N E Y number 10, and that'll provide you with a 10% discount on your very first business plan for new lawyers. We're so grateful to have Journey Business Plans as the title sponsor of this podcast. Yeah, Let's break to, to a couple questions here, Brady. And uh, I think this might help some people who are a little bit curious. So we've got some uh, some local immigration uh, consultants that have connected into um, this question is the job offer with a work permit approved required for recommendation or simply a job offer and the recommendation in order to apply for the work permit and and then I want to clarify here uh, Argentac here that this is the Rural Northern Immigration Program it's not the PNP and we can maybe touch on the Alberta Renewal stream which is different but right. it's there's a lot of lessons learned you know by by you know from Claresome that the other communities have been able to benefit from but maybe you can just talk a little bit about this job offer because you already alluded to the fact it doesn't require an LMIA and uh, right. just bear with me. I've got a visitor here. Come on, Down That's you good. go. Oh yeah. He's... <laughs> okay, out you go. All right. Well, Argen he's been on Tech... at my arm the whole time <laughs> <laughs> wanting to get out.
1: Thank you for the question, Argentek. I So there, there's two kinds of scenarios. Uh, if you're already in Canada, you need to have some type of status. You need to have visitor status, temporary work status, you know, uh, postgraduate work permit. You you have to have an active status, but you do not need a work permit for that specific job offer until you've received that recommendation. So as an individual in the country, open work permit, temporary work permit, visitor, uh, student, you can seek that offer of employment and once you've received the offer of employment, you can apply for community recommendation. And once you've received both offer and recommendation, you can apply for permanent residence through the RNIP program, and apply for a work permit. So the Rural Northern Immigration Program, they ded- they're dedicated to issuing work permits in thirty days or sorry ninety days or less from the time of application and your permanent resident will be responded to in 12 months or less, a decision we be made in 12 months or less from time of application. So one of the faster programs in the, in the country, uh, but, but technically, no, you do not need the work permit approved in order to receive that offer. Now if you're abroad, it's very similar. You need the offer of employment. You need the community recommendation, and then you apply for permanent residence and hopefully a work permit, you know, we understand that some folks aren't ready to uplift their entire life uh, right away, and they, they might want to wait for permanent residence. But we do encourage you to consider a work permit because these are jobs that need to be filled no, soon, no. right? They're, they're vacant jobs that need to be filled quickly. So if you're receiving an offer of employment, you need to be thinking about relocation within three to four months. Um, That's our preference, of course. Uh, Each country, of course, has its own challenges. Each person has their own needs, children, situations. So so we're open to that. But I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Brady. Um, Here's one. Henry says, um, is this still open? Like, is the program still open? So some people are not used to the fact that this is kind of a, a, a rolling, to some extent, application process. Um, but how does it work for, for Claire's home, um, are there periods of time where you just stop issuing, um, community, uh, you know, community support, or is it, uh, is it kind of, you know, as the need arises, you work through it. How does that work?
1: It, It has tended to have an ebb and flow, um, to it. There are times we, we, you know, the program is still open. Absolutely. The program in Claire's home is still open. Um, more recently, we've experienced some staffing changes. I went from having three staff to uh, zero staff for a few months there, and I'm, yeah, so uh, I'm slowly building back the team. And I'm excited to say I'll have a full—I've I've got one back—and I'll have a full team July 4th. So if you've been if you've been checking on the Clarison website and you're curious why the portal's not working. You're just confused. It's because I've been so short staffed and I apologize. Yeah. But um, right now I have seven businesses uh, awaiting you know, consideration for their candidates. We have we have two new companies looking at, ex- at expanding into Claire's home. And if those happen, we will have that's that's exciting. We, we got some some two large companies and we're hoping within the next few months that, that this will be confirmed. Um, one of the other benefits is we're attracting business because mm-hmm. we have yes. the labor pathway, uh, and so I'm I'm really hopeful we're going to land that big fish who needs 10, 12, 15 workers, you know, and we're going to respond uh, quickly. So, again, back to Henry's question: Claire's Home is no longer using the employment portal, the Claire's Home employment portal on Clareshome.ca. We have abandoned that system. As I said earlier, your resume is your golden ticket. It's your responsibility to figure out if you meet the four requirements of the RNIP. make sure your resume is formatted in a way that's going to be successful and get out there and get yourself known. Um, really quick, I, I was, tra- was going to tell a story. Yeah. We've got a, a family-owned restaurant, one of the busiest restaurants in the community. And uh, for the first two and a half years, never really it used the program. But I knew they had labor challenges, right? Uh, But he found it overwhelming. As I said, too many applications. How am I going to go through this? The guy who made it, it was a phone call. Donovan from St. Martin in the Caribbean. He got a hold of the owner's wife, the uh, the co-owner, and he made an impression. He made a great impression over the phone. And they said, wait, this guy might have something that we need. And Donovan received his recommendation last month and he's just thrilled and I'm thrilled to have him coming. So I don't want to discourage people like there's there's a pathway there, but it takes tenacity, consistency, <laughs> right, yep. determination um, and, uh, and a thick skin. You can't, you know, if you're not getting the answer you're looking for, it's not because we don't want you. Just keep looking and keep trying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This comment here, um, Ada Coonley says, "I noticed getting a job offer in Canada is difficult for people outside Canada, and that is true." So, Brady, does Claresome have like a community job board with companies that are looking to fill positions? Is like, right. is there is there is there anything like that that people can look to?
1: I'm glad you asked that. Actually, that's a really good question. So, we are, our local newspaper. Uh, is one resource and they do have an online content that's the Claire's home local press you can you can watch online for free or you can buy an online subscription but they have career postings in there and I find the employers that are most consistently looking the employers that you know constantly need staff they are advertising in the newspaper the other thing we do is employers who use the program are required to post those jobs on Canada Job Bank. So you can look at Canada Job Bank, Claire's Home, and, and try to see if there's opportunities there as well. The other two places I recommend would be Indeed and Facebook Marketplace. You know? um, here's an insider tip. Mm-hmm. You might consider looking at local community groups within Facebook, right? So Cla- Claire's Home has a Claire's Home is community group. We have the recreation group. We have the Claire's Home buy and sell. And so sometimes you can learn a lot. One, you can learn a lot about the community by participating in those pages. And once in a while, you see job opportunities. Uh, so th- so there's lots of different ways. You, know, you don't have to be in town to do that. Um, what yeah, I think that's my best.
0: That, that's great. I'll just share There's a couple of the things. I'm trying to fast and furiously pull it up as you're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So, so so this is the Job Bank, and I think many people who are outside of Canada are aware of that. And, yes, I understand, you guys, that the likelihood of you getting a response from an employer through this is low, and that's fine. But Clairisome is a small place, and if you see that an employer is advertising on here, and you can search by location, right, you have the ability to do that, um, and you see a, a company in Clairson that is an employer who's advertising, then, you know, there's a lot of ways to reach out. And I think it was Donovan you had said was, you know, yeah. he was very proactive. So that's one. Um, you know, if I take Indeed here, this is Indeed. And uh, you can, you know, once again, you can choose the the location uh, that you want to, to advertise in. Let's see if they're there's Chlorosome pulls up right there. so you can click on here and and uh, and and look for positions and look for look for jobs. So so these are, and then, of course, Facebook, which I was gonna log into Facebook, but uh, uh, apparently they two factor authentication. So we'll yeah. we'll leave that the way it is. But that's a phenomenal tip. I hadn't really thought about local community Facebook groups in in all of their forms. and uh, so that's a really good idea.
1: Yeah, like personally, I'm a, I'm a member of just about every community group in the region. And I, I just I, I love it, you know. I find that that information in my feed way more rewarding and interesting
0: uh, to see what's really going on in these communities around me. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> well, um, Brady, we've covered quite quite a broad breadth of information about the clarrisome RNAP. Um, I wanted to, before we leave, I do want to shift to just some of the challenges. So we've talked a little bit about um, just being overwhelmed, right? The employers are getting all of these inquiries from, from candidates and, you know, and it's, it's really overwhelming. Even when they don't have any positions open, they're, they're getting, you know, contacted and, you know, and so once again, I want to reiterate that you don't, don't be discouraged, right? Don't, don't be offended if people haven't responded. It's uh, you know, there's, there's high, high volumes of interest. And so, you know, the question is what can you do to distinguish yourself? But as a community, um, and, you know, we've had discussions about this and it's important to have these discussions, but, you know, there's been challenges too, right? With the program. And just like any immigration program, there's people that are, are just wonderful, amazing. And sometimes there's, there's, you know, uh, participants in the programs that are not the best of the best. And yeah. so, you, you know, every community that is involved in this is going to run into this problem. And, um, and so do you want to talk just a little bit about some of the challenges and, and I know that uh, you guys have just been phenomenal at at, uh, well, at you know pivoting and and, uh, and just making sure that the people who are contribute you know being a part of the program are really really have the best interest of the community at heart.
1: Yeah, we education has been key, and uh, I think there's three areas where I could talk about challenges. And the first was the community. You know, when, when the program was announced. I shared the article from CBC News on our local Facebook page on the town page and 25% of the comments <laughs> were negative. negative. A quarter of the people who saw that we were being selected for an immigration pri- pilot were very concerned. Where's the jobs? Why wasn't I asked? Who did this? What does this mean, right? Um, I'm never gonna get a raise again because of you. Uh, you know, All, all, the, all the stuff. Um, Some people were, you know, had really out of of this world concerns, you know, whatever they saw in the news the night before, they were attributing it to what's happening in Claire's home. And it was scary for a lot of people. So we held an open house, uh, and we managed to get 150 people to come out and learn about the program. And to this day, I have to say, I haven't found somebody in the community who isn't excited and happy about it once they understand how it works works. right Um, when you're from a small town you love your small town you want it to stay small you know you want it to stay friendly you want it to stay accessible and so people were worried that we were just going to start letting in you know hundreds or thousands of people and, and really change the fabric of the community and but once they learn as i said it's a drip system 26 employers with 55 jobs, right? Um, We're carefully selecting people and who are highly qualified, highly motivated, educated, great English, family backgrounds, right? Somebody who wants to change their life. And so again, every, every community member that I've educated on how this program works has said, wow, that sounds like a pretty good thing. That sounds like a great idea. And, and I got to say, we've changed it from a concern to, to something we celebrate. So, so that was one of the challenges. Just with the community in general, um, we've had challenges with employers. You know, uh, more, for 90% of employers have been excellent. Yes. And for the most part, we're retaining workers. Um, but we had one corporation in town with a 50% turnover. So what that means is, is for every 10 workers they hire, they lose five within a year. Right? They're losing half of their workers every year. And we found that this particular business wasn't able to support their immigrants, their their workers. They weren't able to provide things like a ride from the airport or even any help with housing. It was and so we ultimately suspended that employer from the program. Right? We won't continue to facilitate filling jobs in a, in a workplace that can't maintain their staff, right? Or, or beyond reason. So, so that's we're, we're watching closely. We want the match to be with a good business. We want the match to be permanent. Um, it's not always permanent, but we, but we want the best, the best shot. One thing on that, the employers in Claire's home in general, they're hoping for a three year commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have your PR in 12 months. Um, but you're burning a bridge, you're, you're hurting yourself. Like if you think you can just get PR and leave you, our businesses and, and our community and our selection committee, we want you to think about that job as a, as a two, three year commitment. And, and if you can advance to a, a, a better employment opportunity or a second job or something more related to your education, we hope it's in Claire's home. We really hope so. Um, so that's our goal you know, and it's not going to be all the time, but that we want that to be your goal too. The other challenge I'd have to say, I guess with immigrants, you know, is is just the sheer volume. Again, there are so many people that are so eager and and willing to come. We just don't have enough jobs to go around for everybody. I kind of wish we did. Um, And so with that so that, that can become challenging. And, and housing, I suppose, is another one. I was Where going we to are, say, yeah.
0: And yeah. even if you had all those jobs, right, Brady, even if all of these businesses yeah. move into town and they're like, okay, we're setting up this manufacturing facility. We're going to employ 100 people and, you know, we'll take 25 every year from you. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but people need a place to live. And all yeah. across the country, whether it's Claresome, whether it's Toronto, there is a huge housing crisis. And yeah. so this is also a bottleneck that despite Claire wanting to bring in more people, there has to be a place for them to live. And so yeah. this, is a, this is a reality for sure.
1: Absolutely, we're working on that. Uh, I'm really excited the market has responded. Um, we anticipate uh, a 50 unit apartment complex ah. to be breaking ground uh, the, before the end of construction season. Right now, there's a developer building, I think, another twelve units. So nine townhouses and four single homes. Uh, our our seniors living is expanding with nineteen new townhomes, and what that means is it's going to open up housing throughout the community. You know, we need diverse housing from from you know that beautiful five hundred half a million dollar home, all seniors housing, affordable living apartments. And, and so I'm excited. We have three new developments on the horizon. Um, the school system responded. To, we got two new teachers in the last two years to respond to our 70 new kids in the schools. Wow. This is outstanding for Claire's home, and it's actually one of the th- most common, one of the most common benefits that I hear from candidates who, who have received a recommendation or living here is how much they love the schools. Their kids are happy, the schools are are new and clean, and there's small class sizes, dedicated teachers, and it's diverse. I saw some photos of the grade one class, and there's so much diversity, so many different cultures, and and a lot of the local parents are saying, I love that now my child is having the chance to get to know people from other countries, to get to experience that. I don't know if I answered the question. You did. And I'm so
0: glad you brought up the teaching side, Brady, because I, obviously myself, I grew up in a small community, but I was a former high school teacher before I went to law school. My daughter is just finishing up her, she'll finish up her PS3 here in the fall, um, here at one of the middle schools here in the city. So she's going to be looking for for opportunities. But there is a real difference in rural communities and in the schooling of your children. Because those those teachers, by and large, live in the community and they have an invested interest in, you know, in, in building relationships with not just, you know, not just, you know, the, the kids as they're going through through the school with them, you know, but you as a parent, because they rub shoulders with you in the community. They play on your softball team. You know, it's yeah. not like the larger centers where, you know, you may or may not have any contact with the teacher outside of the classroom or in, in, in that formal learning environment. Like these are your neighbors, these are your friends. And, and there's just, uh, there's just something about it, Brady. You know? And oh. so I'm, I'm a, obviously a very, very big proponent of, of rural, rural Alberta in particular. And, and yeah. I'm so excited to see the, the, just what this program has done for the community in Clara and, and we haven't talked about it. And we're probably kind of near in the end of our of our little session. We could go on forever and ever about that. But, um, but you know, Alberta's rural renewal stream, there's a lot of lessons that the other communities are learning from your experience and the example that you guys have set, which I think is yeah. very cool. You know, I don't know if you've I, got yeah. a few more comments about that before we wrap up. Well, I think we could drop
1: a few teasers. I'm thinking, Mark, you're going to have to have me back on the show. I think so. Uh, maybe we could dive a little deeper into that. I I might even have a friend um, from another community who might we join could. us.
0: I can bring you three, know? four, five people on live, and we can we could just have a roundtable
1: yeah. too. Uh, I won't I won't put her on the spot too much, but my <laughs> friend Amy, uh, I think she might be interested, and 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 we 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 could bounce ideas off each other. But yeah, the Alberta Advantage Immigration Program—they've opened up some new streams recently. Uh, one in particular, the rural renewal stream. So the Alberta Advantage Rural Renewal, and it works very similar to the rural immigration, the northern immigration pilot, in that you're you're trying to find a an in, a job offer from an in-demand industry, and you still need that community recommendation. I think there are now 20 other, more than 20 communities in Alberta who have been approved uh, for the rural designation. Yep. Yeah. And some of them are groups like town of Tabor there represents Tabor, MD of Tabor, Vauxhall, Coaldale and Picture Butte. So that's a whole region. Um, and I know I know they've, they've, they're they really doing a great job down there. So. I mean, essentially, I can't really off the top of my head, I can't think of too many differences. You might have noticed a couple, Mark. I don't yeah, know.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's very similar. Yeah. Very, very, very similar. Um, we'll just wrap up with just a couple last little comments here. And I think some people have just jumped in. People are jumping in and popping out and, and yeah. you you can maybe just confirm once again, he said, I sent an email to Clarison, but it seems their site for job are not working. Uh, maybe you could just address that again. Yeah,
1: you're right. You're right, Yander. So I mentioned earlier, uh, we're in a transition period. We lost some, some help, some staff, and we're no longer using the Clarison home portal so the website needs to be updated my apologies Um, but in the in the coming weeks you're going to see updated website and i'm going to reinforce how you can the best pathway to finding a job offer and i'll say it again it's that resume that resume is your golden ticket you need to make sure that you meet the qualifications of the rural northern immigration pilot by visiting the government of canada website talks very clearly about the four key elements if you meet those requirements make it at the top of your resume i meet the requirements of the rural immigration product yeah who can apply that's where you want to go and i suppose you're going to have to click no on the on the little question before you can proceed and and then now you can access and these links are amazing they're very easy to understand you just work your way through them one at a time Once you've determined that you're eligible for you meet these requirements that should be identified on your resume. There's all sorts of videos, tutorials, educational tips on how to make a great resume. You should be focusing on how to make a great Canadian style resume. Couple of tips, two pages max, three pages. It should be a cover letter. Okay. I don't, I don't, the employers don't have time. One thing I've noticed is internationally, people tend to put their education before work experience. I think it's reversed here, at least in Claire's Home. Put your work experience, your most recent work experience first, work backwards, have your education after work experience or on the side. So those are my tips. Um, and then get out there Job Bank, Claire's Home Local Press, Indeed. Um, and, and the Facebook groups, right? And, and start getting out there. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone. Try to get a hold of somebody. Follow up, right? And uh, yeah, and I think, I think you'll have a good shot if you can do those things.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Brady. We really, really appreciate you coming on here and sharing some insight because there's so much misinformation out there, both from overseas, you know, uh, players in the industry who are just looking to take advantage of people but also even from within you know employers who are maybe in the communities themselves wondering well how do i actually get involved with this you know and like you said clairsome is just one of a number of communities that are doing it and they're all just a little bit different they all have different emphasis and focuses on on who they're looking for in terms of candidates and uh, and as always it's an employer-driven process so without that job offer or, an, or a connection to an employer in these communities, um, it really, it isn't going to go forward from there. And that's why, you know, Brady's emphasis on the resume is so very important. Well, absolutely. We're going to have you back and we're going to dive in a little bit deeper and I'd love to have some other, you know, communities as well. And, um, yeah. And, you know, I can see by the comments already that people now they're figuring out, okay, I'm going to start doing some research. (laughs) I'm going to start learning more about the community and the employers and how it might fit. So, yeah this is awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, if you're still listening, check us out on econo- uh, Claire's Home Economic Development. We have a YouTube page. It's fairly new. Uh, it's mostly fun videos. Just get an idea of you know it's not a lot of immigration info, but follow us Claire's Home economic development uh, and you can see some so what it's like to live here and and we'll be releasing new com- uh, content uh, all the time. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I gotta thanks, pull it
0: up. You, you mentioned it, so I gotta pull it up here. Yep. so let's yeah, let's give. Up. Let's give the, a shout out to the YouTube channel. This is it, right, Brady?
1: Yeah, that's it. That's right. Okay,
0: perfect. So we've got a little oh, video there from our,
1: our most recent winter festival. You can learn about the play school, the art society, the daycare. Um, we've got, of course, what you're gonna see, any any day now we're gonna release our Canada Day promotional video and, and our spread the world. We talked about spread the world. Right there. Um, all sorts, so check it out, uh, absolutely. Cool. Yeah.
0: You bet. Well, we'll definitely Thanks. give Thanks. that a shout well, uh, out. Awesome. Yeah, Great. Really excited. Great. Thanks so much, Brady. It was a pleasure yeah. having you uh, having you with us. And yeah, can't wait to have you back again. All right. Me too. Take All care. Right. Thanks. See you, everyone. Well, as you can see, that was a fantastic interview. I'll be honest. It's probably one of the best interviews that I've ever had to date um, with any government or municipal uh, guest that I've had on and uh brady really knocked it out of the park and i'm really looking forward to having him back there was a lot of really really good insight and i think probably one of my biggest takeaways from that episode was the fact that half of the individuals are coming from outside canada that don't have a connection to claire some off the bat and that was surprising but the reasoning for it was even more surprising which was you know counter to what I expected, which was individuals who maybe had been living, working in Alberta generally, who maybe were on post-grad work permits, who decided to travel down to home, take a job there, that they had a much higher rate of um, of departures out of the community from those individuals compared to the individuals who actually came. So Um, who came from abroad, and and Claresome was their first interaction to Canada. And it makes sense, right? So an individual has got all their friends in Calgary, they went to school in Calgary, they drive the hour down south to Claresome long enough, and they hang out out long enough to be able to get their uh, permanent residence, and then off they go back to Calgary. And, you know, in some ways, this is a, a little microcosm of what the provinces deal with when they have people come from other larger centers, like you know, for example, Manitoba, if someone comes from Toronto, they've done all their schooling, they got their postgrad, and worked a little bit there, then they got a job in Manitoba, came over to Manitoba, there's no guarantee they're going to stay. And these are quite high stakes for these communities because they put a lot of effort into not only the selection and the identification and the, um, you know, the community support, but after they become permanent residents, you know, the settlement support and helping them integrate and to see them leave shortly after is really hard for these communities but it's interesting to see from the perspective of of someone who's just parachuting in which i've always taken the position that wow those individuals are more likely to then head on to toronto or vancouver you know because they have no connection with the community but what he's identified is if they can find people that are used to a rural lifestyle and they have the work experience that that really fits and they have kind of the family background to help them integrate into rural you know the rural family community Um, that they actually have a greater likelihood of staying because what they know of Canada is Claire's home. And so they fall in love with the community. They have all the good support, the schools, the, you know, the, the leisure, you know, all of those things that a small community often has to offer as well as just good friends and neighbors. They're more apt to stay. So wonderful, great insight. And I'm definitely going to have Brady back in the future. All right. If you guys have any suggestions for upcoming uh, podcast episodes, please send them my way. You can just send an email to info at That works. Um, and uh, yeah, just send your idea my way. If you want to join me as a guest, don't hesitate to reach out. Now, one caveat, people that give back to the community, people that reach out to me directly, are going to have a far greater chance of joining me than someone who hires a marketing company to call around and see if they can get podcast spots. That I don't uh, I don't like as much. So if you're an immigration lawyer um, or somebody who wants to come on and, and you have uh, some paid person reaching out to me, it's pretty much no chance you're going to get on the podcast. I really want a human element. I want to see people that are giving back to the community and giving back, you know, when I say community, I mean... know the immigration industry generally who are free with sharing information and helping and supporting one another. Those are the people that I like to have on the podcast. So hopefully this was a good one. I loved it. It was lots of fun. And if you want to watch the video version and uh, see uh, Brady and my smiling faces, head over to the Canadian Immigration Institute and uh, you will see the, the video there. All right, guys, have a wonderful day and we'll see you again soon.
2: oh canada greatest country in the world we want to share the richness of your soil